Welcome, welcome to the Pixels and Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and I do apologize this week. I've got a little bit of a cold going on, so if I, I sound a little bit snotty, that's why. Um, but I'm going to push through. We've got a lot to discuss today. And the main thing, as of recording last night, it was the Game Awards. And yeah, I'm just going to discuss this a little bit. I didn't want to make this show like so dependent on the news because it kind of dates it. But I thought, you know what, I'll cover them because I did my whole predictions thing. Yeah, the game that won, Game of the Year, shock horror, it was Baldur's Gate 3. And funnily enough, they also announced that the game's now available on Xbox. So I'm going to jump in, I think, over the Christmas holidays and maybe give this one a go because I've heard nothing but good things. I had Dave on last week and he was raving about this game. So yeah, Baldur's Gate got the win for Game of the Year. Like I said previously, my Game of the Year is obviously Resident Evil 4. It was always going to be that. But I am going to give Baldur's Gate a go on Xbox. And from there, there was a bunch of other awards and stuff, which I'm not going to cover. I mean, it's easy enough to just go on and have a look. But the thing that I am going to get into is like some of the announcements, the trailers and stuff like that. Mainly the things that interest me because there was a lot of stuff announced, but a lot of it was kind of samey. There's a lot of cg trailers and to be honest i hate cg trailers are we not over this yet are we not over this whole revealing games and not having gameplay especially when they're so far out it's just a bit dodgy if you ask me if it was up to me i'd have gameplay trailers for everything and speaking of that one of the biggest shock announcements in my opinion i know it leaked beforehand but like before this i we had no idea it was coming out and it was Blade. This is published by Bethesda, so potentially going to be an Xbox exclusive. It's Arcane Leon Studios, which I believe did Deathloop and Dishonored. And it's not the people that did Redfall, thankfully. Um, But yeah, again, this was a CG trailer and it doesn't really reveal much other than you're in Paris, I guess. And I just wonder when this one's coming out. I, I don't believe it had a date at the end, but funnily enough, there wasn't actually the Xbox logo at the end of the trailer because it's Bethesda that are publishing it and Microsoft own Bethesda. You would assume that it's going to be an exclusive, but if it's multi-platform, that's great. I'm all for multi-platform games because I feel like people on PlayStation should also be able to play like things like Blade and Spider-Man and stuff like that. I don't think franchises that already exist should be exclusive. That's just my take on that. Obviously, I have both consoles. I also have a PC, but for those people who aren't fortunate enough to have that, like it's nice to have more inclusivity in games and allowing everyone to play like if you're a fan of spider-man but don't have a playstation you can't play the insomniac spider-man games i think that's a bit shit if you ask me so hopefully blade is going to be better than (laughs) the last vampire game from bethesda which was obviously redfall that thing was a travesty and I, i i believe it's been patched a little bit and i've not went back to it since then but I don't really have any desire to because what we played, I think we played it in three-player co-op. It was fine. It had a a load of problems, a load of server issues and stuff like that. And you only get one shot to make a good first impression and Redfall did not do that. So I probably won't be going back to that. On a brighter note, like Blade is an awesome character and I think it could lend itself really well to the Dishonored style game that Arcane are famous for making. 
Hopefully it has lots of time in the oven and it comes out not a broken mess. <laughs> so fingers crossed for that one. The next big announcement slash trailer thing that was revealed um, for me is Dragon Ball Sparking Zero, I believe it's called. This is the follow-up to Budokai Tenkaichi 3, which is something I've been waiting for for a long, long time. Now, Rage and Blast is sort of a spiritual successor, and Rage and Blast 2 was also, like, great on the 360. But then I remember Ultimate Tenkaichi came out, and that was very much like a coin flip style fighting game it was so weird when that thing came out i remember i actually got all the achievements on it but it's kind of disappointing where the dragon ball games have went since then because back on the ps2 we had the original budokai games we had tenkaichi and they were incredible like the amount of characters you could play as just the gameplay itself being incredible like we've been due a sequel to this game for a goddamn long time and as someone who's kind of fallen off Dragon Ball, I haven't really watched a lot of Super. I'm kind of more excited for just being able to play some of the original stuff, like the original three sagas, on modern hardware with the style of gameplay that Tenkaichi has. I think this game's going to be incredible, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I don't know if this got a release date, maybe? I'm not sure, but... The, the graphics look incredible, the gameplay. Again, it looks like just an updated version of Tenkaichi 3, which is chef's kiss, incredible. And yeah, Dragon Ball is a franchise to me that I hold like very dear in my heart, even though I'm not up to date with it. Like I said, this franchise, I loved it when I was a kid, so it's very like rooted in nostalgia. And as we've talked about before, Nostalgia is a very big driving factor in a lot of things that I'm excited about and many like nerds like myself are. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this one. And it's interesting how they've named it Sparking Zero. They've dropped their Tenkaichi branding. I'm going to assume this is because it's the fourth game in the franchise. They kind of don't want to make you feel as though you've got to play the first three. I know that sounds a bit strange, but if they hadn't named it Tenkaichi 4, that comes with a lot of expectations. And hopefully the content present in this game is up to par with Tenkaichi 3 because that game had so much to offer and then jumping from that to Raging Blast 1 where it only had up to the the Boo Saga I believe it was kind of a bit jarring so yeah hopefully all of the fighters are available and they don't stray too far away from what made those games great and funnily enough I think on PS2 Tenkaichi 3 goes for a lot of goddamn money now so even if you did want to go back and play it you'd be forking out <laughs> 60 70 pound i think which isn't great it's something that i'd like to play again but i'm I'm in no rush and hopefully this new dragon ball scratches that itch because i kind of fell off it after ultimate tenkaichi i didn't play xenoverse or the sequel to that i did play kakarot briefly i remember buying it and not being super impressed by it like the whole open world thing was cool just flying around but i couldn't really get into it so yeah, fingers crossed for Sparking Zero. Hopefully that's awesome. And next up on my list is Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Now this one's interesting because it's kind of taking the Prince of Persia IP and doing something completely different with it, which I'm all for because that I remember that remake looked very, very rough. The remake of the first one. 
And when this got announced, I was like caught by surprise with it. And I'm very much looking forward to it. The, the art style is beautiful for one. And I'm very much in the camp of I, I want to play more side-scrolling games because I love those sort of games and I, I don't play enough of them. So this is a good excuse for me to jump back into that. So yeah, Prince of Persia, I know a lot of people aren't happy with some of the designs of the characters, which is fair enough. But for me, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. And next up, we have another big Xbox game. It's Hellblade 2 which graphically looks absolutely insane. Like Ninja Theory have just hit this out of the park. I remember that whole demo they did with the, the facial animations and stuff like that, where they demonstrated like performance capture in real time. And yeah, I was blown away by that. And you can see this technology in full force in Hellblade 2. Visually, it looks stunning. But one of my main gripes with the first game was it got a little bit repetitive. You were doing the same thing over and over and over again and the, the sheen kind of like got lost a little bit. And I do wonder if they do that gimmick again where they say at the start of the first game, if you die so many times, you will have to start again. But that was like bullshit because people tested that theory and I think the rot actually only went up to like half of your body. It didn't actually fully overtake you. So it was kind of a bait and switch there. So I wonder if they'll go like full into that in the second game. I'd never actually finished the first game, but I kind of enjoyed what I played of it. I'd liken it to the God of War remake in that sense. It's, I played through that and while it was good, yeah, I just got bored of it. It was, that was very samey to me and I prefer the original God of Wars to the <laughs> the new God of Wars. But actually, speaking of God of War, they announced a DLC, which I believe is like a roguelike mode. I might be wrong on that. I haven't looked too much into it, but I know that they're doing that with The Last of Us 2 as well. That must just be the, the new Sony thing. Let's just release DLCs of roguelike modes that capture that gameplay that's so strong in the first place and just gives fans of the game more content, which I'm all for. And especially because it's free. With The Last of Us, they're charging £10, I believe. So it's nice that this one's free. I probably won't play this because I didn't play Ragnarok and I've got no real desire to. But yeah, good for the fans. And next up, we have the thing that I'm most excited about. This came out of nowhere and it was kind of just dropped. But it's the, the, the whole Sega resurgence. They played this little trailer where the lights went off and... In the background, you've ha you've got all the arcade machines and stuff like that. And then, bam, we've got Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Jet Set Radio, which was a huge surprise. And I believe Crazy Taxi. All these games are getting what I assume are sequels. And it was just like rapid fire. This game, this game, this game. Sega's back. Be excited. And you know what? I'm very excited because Shinobi especially, the art style looks, oh my God, it looks so, so good. And like I say, this is another side-scrolling game, which I don't play enough of and I'm very excited for. And also Golden Axe is now like a 3D action adventure game, I'm going to assume. And yeah, this, if it's co-op, this is going to be another one that I jump into. More Sega is not a bad thing. And I'm hoping all of these games live up to their old school counterparts because I know sometimes they like to make new entries into these old franchises and a lot of the times it kind of falls off, falls flat. So fingers crossed for that. I know a lot of people are going to be excited for Jet Set Radio because that's a very beloved game. And I'm going to confess, I've never actually played it. So maybe this is the time for me to jump on and play the original. Because yeah, the, the art style looks great. The gameplay is supposed to be incredible. So 
yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm very much hedging all my new games that I'm going to play over the Christmas break because I get two weeks off from work. My wife's also off so she can take a date, look after Daisy, then we could maybe alternate and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just getting stuck into some games that I've not played yet. And Jet Set Radio is definitely going to be one of them. It's just nice to see Sega like doing something again. Coming back into the spotlight, I know Sonic's always kind of been there and that's their bread and butter. But seeing some of these old franchises return is definitely not a bad thing. And moving on from something that's good to something that's not so great, the they showed off a new Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League trailer and this one is just looking worse and worse every little thing that comes out of this game it just looks terrible it just makes us sad the fact that we could have had a superman game or a different style game there's plenty of heroes to choose from but this this is what they did another live service game that is just a generic third person shooter with the suicide squad and the dc branding slapped on there it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. And the fact that they kind of delayed it for a year and went quiet, but are now kind of pushing that same sort of game that is essentially the same as it was last year. It's going to be filled with battle passes, microtransactions, weapon skins, weird dances. And it's just like, you, you didn't do anything with this because people kind of forgot about it. And that was what they were hedging their bets on. And I'm hoping this doesn't sell well because it's, if it does, it's going to send the wrong sort of message to Rocksteady. Like this isn't acceptable. First of all, the characters just look generic and it's kind of a shame that this is the last performance of Kevin Conroy as Batman. It's that's kind of tainted a little bit because the game looks terrible. And while I may actually get around to playing this, it's going to be when it's either on Game Pass or it's £3 in the bargain bin just before the servers are going to die because it's more brand loyalty to DC and just being curious to see how they handle the Justice League. But I'm not excited for it. It looks terrible. I don't need another game where it's a grind, where it's a job, just doing daily challenges and unlocking wacky skins and buying battle passes in a, a £60 game. I wish this would just die. I wish these practices would just piss off, go away, die in a ditch. I don't know. It's, this seems like a game that should have came out four or five years ago. But instead, no, we're getting it now. And whilst I didn't mind Gotham Knights, this looks 10 times worse than that. And every trailer of the show, it just does nothing for me. It just does absolutely nothing. And yeah, Suicide Squad Killer Justice League. Not looking great, is it? And another game that was revealed with another CG trailer, I believe Matthew McConaughey <laughs> announced this game, which was strange. It was Exodus. Now... We kind of saw what I assume is a little bit of gameplay towards the end of the trailer. It looks like a third person space kind of Mass Effect-y shooter, which could be interesting, but I've I've seen a lot of people mention that all the, the future games that are coming out are basically a character in a spacesuit or top-down four-player <laughs> dungeon crawling games. And that's very accurate. Like, where's the originality? Where's the originality of these games? Is it impossible for studios to make an original game now? God knows. But yeah, Exodus, it looks okay. I'll keep an eye on this one. But like I said, until we've got actual solid gameplay, I just don't see the point in revealing stuff because it's just, it doesn't tell us anything. It doesn't really generate hype. I don't know, maybe I'm too cynical, but 
I feel like we should be over this whole CGI trailer thing because it's just it's just boring at this point. But a game that did actually show a little bit of gameplay is Jurassic Park Survival. Now, is this just a carbon copy of Ark, but with the Jurassic Park like branding slapped over it? Maybe? I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. But Jurassic Park as a franchise, again, it's nostalgic. It gets you excited. Dinosaurs are always cool. Maybe this one could be good. I think it's going to be another Game Pass game for me personally. If it comes to Game Pass, great. I'll play it then. But I can't see myself paying £40-50 for something like this. It's just more licensed games potentially taking a popular formula and just slapping branding over that. It's. I feel like I'm being very negative here. But as far as games coming out next year goes... There's not a lot of stuff to get excited about. I'm I'm hoping I'm proved wrong by that, but compared to this year, this year was a very, very strong year in gaming. But now, going forward, there's not a lot I'm particularly looking forward to. I guess time will tell with that, um, especially with Jurassic Park. It could be incredible. It could also be dog shit. I never actually played the Jurassic Park-style world-building simulator thing, whatever that game was called. I can't remember. But yeah, I like Jurassic Park as much as the next guy, and hopefully this one's good for the fans. It's always either hit or miss with licensed games. But actually, speaking of games that potentially could be great and that I'm sort of looking forward to, um, Space Marine 2, the Warhammer 40k game, got a release date, finally, and it's September of 2024, so it's quite a while away yet. But this game looks like it could be a hell of a lot of fun. I played the first one very, very briefly on 360, and while it was... A little bit boring, it was awesome, but Space Marine 2 is co-op, which is incredible, I believe it's three player, and I'm kind of, I've dabbled in the 40k universe, like I really like the lore, but it is it is very complicated, I just kind of want to be a Space Marine and just kill some Tyranids, kill some Orcs, you know all that good stuff, it looks bloody, it looks brutal, it looks like a fun time, and this is definitely one I'm going to be picking up on release, I'd say if my co-op partners want to play this with me, that would be very much appreciated. <laughs> and if they're down for getting it, then yeah, I definitely will be too. And I believe the special edition of the game comes with a freaking awesome statue as well, which I might potentially be tempted by, but I'm trying to limit myself on what I purchase in terms of big collectibles this year because I've kind got no space left on like my gaming shelf in my little man cave and I don't think my wife wants me to move some of my statues to the bedroom sadly enough <laughs> so yeah um definitely gonna pick this one up on release I think and it's a game that I'm looking forward to next year but it's again it's not this big massive say Spider-Man 2 levels of hype it's gonna be one of those fun games you probably play through once or twice and move on I think and another one that got a release date for next year is the Outlast Trials, which I believe is already out on PC. But yeah, this is a co-op Outlast game, which I was very much initially looking forward to when it was announced last year, I believe. And then it came out on PC and it kind of like fell off. I was like, oh, it's not on Xbox. Well, okay, I guess I'll just wait. And I believe this one's coming to Game Pass as well, so it's definitely going to be one that I dabble in. I love a good horror game. I haven't really played a lot of horror titles recently, which is strange because usually in October I kind of set myself up to play one or two, um, but <laughs> that never really happened this year. I guess just being busy with other games and just life itself. 
ah, you know what? I wish, I wish I had infinite time to game because there's so much that I want to play right now. And there's just not enough time. And I think one of the, the big things with that is being kind of in your comfort zone with games that you are playing, like Fortnite, especially for me, I kind of find myself just gravitating towards that, playing with my squad when they just send us a text in the evening saying, oh, do you want to jump on Fortnite? It's like, yeah, I could be playing these other single player games and getting through this backlog, this huge, huge backlog that I have. But instead, now I'm going to jump on the bus, get a few dubs and do that. So I want to try and make a conscious effort to play more games and try and expand my gaming horizons, which is kind of why I started this podcast in the first place. This is my way of like vocalizing my thoughts and feelings on gaming itself, what I want to play and kind of if it's there out there in the world, I can, I can kind of hold myself a little bit more accountable for stuff I want to play and it gives us an excuse to play things and then talk about them, which is, yeah, it's, it's a great outlet for that. But back to the back to the game awards, there's not a lot left that to cover that I'm super interested in. Um, I know the the Fallout TV show kind of got a new new ish trailer. It was basically the old trailer that had the the line. He said the line "War never changes." But yeah, this one I'm looking forward to. As far as gaming adaptations go, it doesn't look terrible. But I think someone needs to tell Amazon that there's more to the Fallout universe than just Nuka Cola. Because in all the posters and all the branding, it's just Nuka Cola is everywhere. But where are the yum yum deviled eggs, Amazon? bring them in <laughs> but yeah this one looks great the the power armor in particular looks awesome in live action and it turns out that they're actually like physically there as well because a big brotherhood of steel power armor dude came out on stage at the game awards and that was pretty awesome so yeah i've got high hopes for this um as opposed to like what we got with halo there was a trailer for that recently as well which looked okay but the first season of that was terrible so i'm probably not gonna waste my time with that Maybe I'll watch the the first episode of season two. I don't know. This is the thing with video game adaptations. They're never good. They're never good. Apart from a very select few. In I think video game adaptations work more in the animated format than live action. But hopefully Fallout's decent. Amazon have some good adaptations like The Boys and Reacher and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think that's April next year it's coming out, which isn't very long away when you think about it in the grand scheme of things so i'll definitely do a review on that when it actually comes out it gives us an excuse to watch it doesn't it now the penultimate thing from the game awards that i was personally excited about or somewhat thrilled about is the the finals is dropping on xbox or it has dropped on xbox i believe it's a free-to-play first-person shooter game which has a lot of buzz surrounding it I think the beta was out on PC not too long ago and I've heard nothing but good things about that. So I'm definitely going to give that a download potentially over the weekend. Give it a go. See how it is. I'm all for those first person shooters. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to give that a go. And then what I'm going to assume is the biggest drop of the, the whole show is this new Kojima game in partnership with Xbox Game Studios. It's titled OD, which had a weird trailer-esque thing it was kind of the same as what hellblade did in the sense of its visual capturing emotions and stuff like that it's a bunch of like disembodied heads reacting and delivering lines about dinosaurs or something but 
it didn't really give a lot away and I don't mind Kojima. I'm not a huge hater of his, like Adam is from the previous episode. I'm not going to go as far as to say I love the guy, but he's had some he's had some interesting ideas and hopefully this is the spiritual successor to PT and we get an incredible first-person horror game out of this that's weird and wonderful and scary. And yeah, this could potentially be incredible, but it's we don't really have a lot to go on right now. So it's one to put in the back burner for now and that's very much the the case with a lot of things things have been announced things are coming but we don't know when there's not a lot to go on and yet yeah, it's, it's hard to get super excited about cg trailers and i just want to reiterate that I, i'm not a huge fan of that and yeah there's only there's only so much excitement you can muster up for that and the last thing actually that i want to mention from the game awards was the the performance of herald of darkness the live performance which was Absolutely bang on. <laughs> I know a lot of people were asking for this. I've not actually played Alan Wake 2 yet. I'm going to play the first one, then I'm going to play the second one. Eventually, it's on the backlog, as is every other game in existence. But I, <laughs> I'm enamored with this song. I'm like infatuated with it. I've listened to it so many times. I've got it on the Spotify playlist. I've watched the, the actual gameplay of it happening in game, and it's incredible. It's just a great sequence. And yeah, seeing that performed live was class. And for better or worse, that was everything that kind of intrigued me from the Game Awards. I know there's a lot of things that I didn't cover here, but everything else, uh, it's kind of flown under the radar. I'm not going to spend time talking about things that I'm not super excited about. So yeah, a couple more things before we wrap up this episode. So what I have been playing actually this week, it just dropped on Game Pass. <laughs> I know another another Game Pass Gary comment that that's me, that's your boy. But it's Remnant 2. This kind of came out of nowhere. It, it was kind of shadow drop, the, the first game and the second game. And I watched a little bit of gameplay for it. And I was like, this looks decent. It kind of reminded me of Outriders in a sense of it being like third person, kind of loot based shooter where you're on a set path. So I gave this one a download and I'm really, really enjoying it. I know people have likened it to Dark Souls, which is a franchise that I have completely bounced off in the past. I'm not into that whole gameplay loop, but I can kind of see why this game is like that. But the main differentiating factor is that you have guns in this game and that's a big thing for me. I'm not really a melee combat focused person in games. I'd always prefer to have a ranged option. And while there is melee combat in Remnant 2, it's mainly focused on the gunplay and it's third person, which is what I like. You're kind of going up against these hordes of enemies, the the little mobs, and then you've got your big boss fights. And the boss fights in this game are very spectacle based. You're always fighting something, you're always fighting something huge and it's never really felt unfair from where I'm at in the game. I think I've got about seven or eight hours put into it so far. Apart from this one boss, I was playing this with ads in co-op and it was essentially, it's you go to like this rock planet and when you get to the boss, it's a health bar pops up and there's a bunch of different cubes that are like rolling around the arena and you have to shoot out these white spots on the cube and the cubes are in... It's, it's weird explaining it like this, but the cubes are in, they're on like a set path, but it's kind of difficult to figure out what the actual path is whilst you're getting blasted from these like purple beams and also having to dodge and shoot and weave and all that sort of thing. It was, it's very overwhelming, but this boss fight, I'm not lying, took us about 45 minutes to actually figure out how to do it because 
we were playing in co-op and, and then I, I eventually got Dave on and to, to like try and help us out. But oh my goodness, this boss. <laughs> I can't overstate how frustrated we were getting with this. And the more frustrated we got, the more we were trying to rush it and the more we were dying. And it was just a continual loop. But it never felt like bullshit. It always felt like it's us making the mistakes yeah, and we can do it. We can push through it. And eventually we did. And it felt really, really satisfying to do that. And I've not got that satisfying feeling playing a game in a long, long time. And yeah, just something about this game has like really clicked with me. You you can upgrade your guns, you can get different armor, collect different resources and stuff like that. And it's very much like the Dark Souls-esque games, which is why it's really surprising that I'm clicking with this game so much. It is a tiny bit repetitive, don't get me wrong, but like, you're doing dungeons, going to different biomes, fighting different styles of enemies, and it all culminates in these big boss battles. You can kind of go off the beaten path and run into some unexpected things here and there, but it is very sort of linear in a sense that there's a set path to travel. The areas are very much enclosed, but yeah, it's it's one that's really fun in co-op, and I would definitely recommend this to somebody who likes those sort of games but as someone who bounced off Dark Souls, bounced off Elden Ring, I wasn't expecting to like this as much as I do and I'm going to continue to play it like it's one of those games where you put say three hours into, you jump off and you're kind of thinking about getting back to it. It's I find myself constantly like thinking about oh I can't wait to finish work so I can get back to the game and just explore more, play more, kill more things, potentially die more. It never feels unfair when you die which I think is a big part of these sorts of games and what makes them good. And I feel like the sense of progression that you get is also quite rewarding because you, you've got to collect like resources and actually think about what guns you're going to upgrade. And and it doesn't actually punish you for potentially purchasing a gun and then sinking all your resources into upgrading that gun and then deciding oh wait you know what I don't actually like this shotgun that I've just purchased you can actually downgrade your guns and I think that's a very very big deal in this because then you could try something else and yeah something about this game has really really hooked me and I can't wait to get back to it and finish it and play more of the post game and stuff like that I'm very much all in with this game and playing it in co-op as well with Dave and Ads is also just a bonus because it's a fun game to play And then moving on from Remnant, a potentially great game, I want to talk a little bit about The Walking Dead Destinies. Now, I'm going to just cover this really, really briefly because I know I've been rambling a little bit, which is, it's hey, it's me. (laughs) You should expect this by now. We're on episode five or six, I think. But yeah, Walking Dead Destinies, when it was first announced, it had a very, very interesting premise wherein you can play through the first couple seasons of The Walking Dead, but change outcomes of it. So, for example, I think the big one was you could choose to be Shane in the season finale of The Walking Dead Season 2 and have Rick die in that moment, and then it would change the whole outcome of the game, whereas you're playing Season 3 at the prison as Shane. And I think that was a really, really cool idea, having these set moments within this big Walking Dead universe where you could potentially alter the, the, the future and the history and everything like that in the game. So it was on my radar, but then the game came out and, oh my goodness, it looks absolutely terrible. 
from the cutscenes that are just slideshows to the weird character models to the voice acting to the animations all being the same to the the areas of the levels being tiny really really small enclosed spaces I can't believe this is a game that came out in 2023. This looks like a game that should have came out in 2011 when The Walking Dead was still this big thing. But even then, I think that's doing the games that came out in 2011 a disservice because, my goodness, this one looks really, really, really bad. But as a huge fan of those initial first four or five seasons of The Walking Dead, I really, really want to play this game. And I know it looks terrible and I know it would be a huge, huge waste of money for, what, I think it's like £45. I really want to play it, but I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to not let myself get sucked into that. It, I know it's going to be terrible, but something about The Walking Dead, those early seasons, it's just, it's pulling me in. And I did ask um, Ads if he wanted to go half us on it, and he basically told us to piss off, which is <laughs> absolutely fine. And I'm more than happy that he did that because it's wasting £20. But yeah, hopefully this one goes on to Game Pass at some point. Or I can see it becoming one of those bargain bin games in a year's time that you can get for £5. Because <laughs> it's terrible and it looks terrible. But it's morbid curiosity that is making me want to play this game. <sighs> Somebody talk is that way. I'm not, I'm not going to, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I think finally the huge thing this week, the huge news was Grand Theft Auto 6 got a trailer and it got a release window which is 2025. For me personally, I'm not superly invested into this. I like GTA as much as the next person. I think it's fine. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to GTA 6. I'm not one of those people who are like, give me this game now. I, I can't wait for it. But yeah, the, the trailer was fine. It didn't show much gameplay, if any at all. I think it was all in-engine, that trailer. And it was fine for the most part. It looks visually stunning. It looks like it's going to be better than Red Dead 2. And I can see this game coming out and being the best-selling game of all time because the hype surrounding this game is just mental. It's so, so crazy. Everyone's talking about it. And the trailer got leaked, which is kind of, it kind of sucks for the Rockstar people who worked on this game. So they just, they just put it out and the whole internet was just going absolutely insane over this game. And rightly so, it's, it's been 10 years in the making. What's another two years to wait? I think any game that is going to be coming out within the, the span of the same two months that GTA 6 comes out is in for a rough time because this thing is going to absolutely dominate the, the sales charts. I had friends who weren't gamers like reaching out to me and talking about this one. So th this is how wide the reach of GTA is. And yeah, personally, like I said, I'm I'm hyped for it a little bit, but I, I, I can wait for it. What's, what's two more years? You know what I mean? It's nice to have a, a female protagonist too. I know a lot of people were up in arms about that, but come on, grow up. It's 2023. Who cares? Like, it's nice to have that representation in the games, okay? And I think just to round this up, I'm going to give my very quick thoughts on Fortnite Chapter 5 because that, that also released in this past week. And it's different. It's interesting. They've changed the movement. They've changed a lot of the shooting mechanics. They have introduced attachments, which are kind of hit and miss. It feels like there's not enough places to upgrade your weapons. Like, I think there's only like five set positions on the map to upgrade your weapons. Uh, and I think every weapon not being hit scan now is kind of a good thing because it eliminates that whole being lasered by PC players from across the map, which was never fun. But so far, it's better than the release of Chapter 4. 
but I don't think it's as good as chapter three. It's, it's, it is going to take a lot of getting used to, like playing this very different version of the game. It seems very slowed down. The storm moves quicker. And yet it is fun having those little gameplay changes, but I kind of see myself missing the OG season a little bit because that was so fun. It was so nostalgic. Some of the quality of life changes that were introduced in chapter four are also gone now. And I think this is going to be another chapter that eventually grows into itself. It gets better as it goes on, as Epic figure out how to balance it a little bit more and expand the loop pool, expand the movement options, basically expand upon everything else. Now, I will say the the UI changes that have happened are not great. Like, everything's so convoluted now. It, it was really simple last season. If you wanted to select a special preset skin, maybe make it random, you could do all that. But now it doesn't seem like that's an option, which I think is an oversight as someone who likes to change their skin every game but not have it be completely random. The custom save presets were great. And yeah, I think this this whole UI itself could be very much improved upon. And hopefully that comes as the season goes on. I've got every faith that Epic will do that. And yeah, the, the Lego Fortnite mode came out too, which I played very, very briefly with Douse and Dave, and I wasn't super huge on it. I, I don't really like games where you don't have an objective. I very much like to be told, right, you should be doing this, you can do this, you can do this. Having the option, but not being forced, I think. Whereas this Lego Fortnite thing is kind of a game that you play just to play. You just survive. Kind of like Minecraft in that aspect, which isn't my cup of tea. But yeah, if you enjoy that sort of thing, that's awesome. I'm very much looking forward to the the Rock Band-esque harmonics made mode that's coming to Fortnite. I wonder if they're going to release peripherals for that, like potentially releasing a Fortnite style guitar, which would be awesome if then you could then use that to play Rock Band 4 maybe. Because the Rock Band and Guitar Hero peripherals are very, very expensive now, I I could see that being a way that they go if this mode's popular, which I'm very much for. But yeah, Fortnite is in a strange place now. I'm, I'm currently enjoying it, probably not as much as I could be. But I think, yeah, as it goes on, I think it's going to grow into itself and it's going to get, it's only going to get better, to be honest. And right, I think I am going to wrap it up there because I've been rambling for about 40 minutes now. So <laughs> so yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a rating because that helps out so, so much. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Tell your friends about it. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan J. Durkin and you can follow the pod at P underscore A underscore P underscore podcast. I'm going to try and post a little bit more like segmented clips and stuff like that. And I was also thinking about potentially starting a YouTube channel to upload some of the the podcast episodes on there. So if you'd like to see that, please let me know. Again, thank you for listening. I've been Dan and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.